1: Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing a friend of mine. Uh, he showed up in our church pretty much by a miracle. A word of the Lord uh, brought him to our church uh, long ago, and we became very, very good friends. And we've been out of touch just a little bit since I moved, and uh, you know, lives changed. But I'm really, really happy to welcome my friend Ron Nishihara. Uh, Ron is uh, an architect. He runs a business. Uh, The cool thing is he's planting a microchurch while he's a part of another church, and I'm just really excited about that, and I'm especially excited because of the very unique people group that he's reaching into uh, with this online Zoom-oriented microchurch that he leads. So, Ron, welcome to the podcast. It's really, really good to have you here. Thanks
0: for having me, Ralph. Really appreciate you having me.
1: Thanks. I, I want you to tell us uh, a little bit, just you because know, of our background. I mean, gosh, you've been on boards, and uh, you've advised me so many times when I was in hot water and connected me with people in Honolulu that would help just my personal life. But uh, take us back to how the Lord directed you to Hope Chapel in the first place, because that's an interesting part of our lives together.
0: Sure. You know, at the time, this was back in oh, 2003 or 2004, and I was attending, I had just started attending another church on the uh, west side of the island because that's where I was living. I was living in Evo. And then one night when I was uh, kind of falling asleep, half half between sleep and half between awake, <laughs> excuse me, I just got this prompting from the Lord <clears throat> to find this church in Kaneohi, And <clears throat> You know, I had no reason to go to Kaneohe because I live over 20 miles away and and I didn't have any friends in Kaneohe and I just, you know, but the the feeling was so strong that when I woke up the next morning, it was still there with me. And this is back when we had yellow pages. So I had to actually look in the yellow pages and find the church in Kaneohe and I found Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay. So I thought, well, okay, you know, that that's. I'll, I'll try and check them out. So one Sunday morning, I took the drive over and, um, you know, I got turned around because I didn't really know Kaneohe that well. So I was coming down the H3 freeway and I had a map book because that's what we used back then. And my map book was so old that it still showed Po'okela street connecting up to Likiliki Liki highway. <laughs> I got all turned around and I couldn't find Hope Chapel And so I figured, well, you know what, I'm going to just turn around and go back to the other church on the Leeward side. So I turned around. I started going back over the Leaky Leaky Highway. And I didn't know it, but there's a place where you can make a U-turn as soon as you come out of the tunnels. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I saw that, I hit the brakes, made the U-turn, and I started coming back towards Kaneohe. And then I, I just thought, well, I still don't know how to find it. And it was early in the morning. So there was just me and this one other pickup truck on the on the highway. And I just heard the Lord say, follow that pickup truck. Wow. So I said, okay. So I just got behind the pickup truck, started following him, and it took me all the way into the parking lot of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe Bay. And that's how I ended up there.
1: That's an amazing story. <laughs> I first met you, we were we were doing a, a class really for new Christians. Right and uh, and you showed up and there were probably eight or nine people there and and it was the beginning of a friendship and and then you know later uh, as as we passed the baton to the younger generation and uh, some things didn't go so well with that some things went very well with that and then we we had launched in the process of of handing off we when we handed off what we did was we we gave away the biggest service first which was Sunday morning at ten o'clock. Which freed me at that time and and our, our mutual friend Ed Hope suggested well let's go start a church because he knew a couple of um, a, a surgeon and the head of a medical lab that I knew who enjoyed coming to our church a couple times but they didn't want to make the drive mm-hmm. and so we decided we were going to start um, and we ended up in a movie theater when we started in Hawaii just for a little background here for people um, actually, it was illegal to meet in a public school, although the the schools did host three or four churches by the time that you know twenty years had gone by roughly there there was so much church planting that virtually every public school in Hawaii had at least one church some had one at least had three small churches meeting at the same time mm-hmm. and um so we ended up renting a movie theater in a place called Kahala, which was. Fortunately, at the end of a freeway, which is, had great access to the island, a lot of a lot of parking because it was in a shopping center, and and uh, and then as as the process went on, uh, we we became a, a freestanding church, and uh, it became a church plant, and and so you were really a part of that from the very beginning. There, there's a photograph I have of, of five of us old guys that are together. That you know, mm-hmm. gang. Um uh the, the major pain yeah just a uh, wonderful wonderful time that we had doing all that but I left uh four or five years ago I, I guess it's coming on six years that I I left I was uh I was 66 when we started that church I was at 72 I think when I left I'm almost 80 now but um I, I you you continued with the church and and mm-hmm. God has continued to bless there, but then you hit a, a really nasty speed bump in terms of cancer. Talk to us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. So let let's um, let's just go ahead. I want to uh, talk a little bit about um, particularly about what you're doing with people who are struggling with cancer. I, mm-hmm. I want to uh, talk about what we call mini church and how this is distinct from that, and and that it's what we're calling micro church and exponential speak and Mm -hmm. then i want to um and it just one of the things that i really want to press on on my side of things that i'm doing anyway Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: that, that you're running a business so you're not being paid by this but you're actually pastoring a church while you're attending another church which takes the threat away from the pastor who's afraid to release people to do what you're doing because, oh, they might quit my church and I'd lose their tithe dollars, which is really Mm -hmm. the hidden thing that is always in there.
0: Sure. You know, I was lucky to have a very proactive uh, primary care physician. So when I turned 50, you know, he just said, I I was in there for a regular physical and he said, you're 50, you're going to start seeing a urologist. Angie will make the appointment for you on your way out. And that was that, you know, so I didn't really have a choice on it. And so, you know, I started seeing a urologist at 50 and, you know, things were fine. You know, PSA levels were normal. And that went on for, you know, maybe about five years. And at about the five year mark, you know, uh, my urologist said, hey, you know, your, um, your numbers are starting to creep up a little here. So I thought, okay, that doesn't sound good. And he said, well, you know, we, we need to watch it. And so that, that went on for three years, you know, until 2018. And, um, you know, so it, it was a long drawn out process. So for three years, you know, I kind of had this anxiety of, do I have cancer hanging over my head? And finally, in 2018, the numbers hit to the point where my doctor said, you know what, we got to do something. So I opted for surgery. Um, and so in November of 2018, I had uh, prostate cancer surgery, had the prostate taken out. And, you know, it was a huge relief for me. You know, it, that that was my um, sort of it is finished moment. You know, I thought, <laughs> OK, the prostate is out, the cancer is out, I'm good. And by about 2019, um, you know, through follow up tests, my doctor said, hey, you know, your numbers are starting to go up again. And he said, there are only two things in the body that can cause PSA numbers. One is your prostate, and we've taken that out. The other is prostate cancer. So he said, you know, some of the cancer may have gotten out, and so it's still in your body. So that was a lot more traumatic, actually, than the first time, because I guess, you know, after I had the surgery, I thought, that's it, you know, it's done, it's over, that's behind me. And so to get this diagnosis that it wasn't over, you know, that was a lot harder. And so, you know, I was going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And it got it was, again, a process of, well, we got to keep on testing to see if, you know, it you know, how fast the numbers are going to keep going up. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was a lot more anxiety than the first time. Yeah, sure. And Through that, I started talking to a mentor. Uh, at Hope Chapel, Tom Nagamine, Nakamine. and, you know, he was going through the same kind of cancer, except his was a lot more advanced, and so, you know, we would talk, and we would pray, and, uh, you know, somehow, his prayers were a lot more meaningful to me, because, you know, just as Jesus had walked in our shoes, Tom had walked through mine, so he knew every anxiety that I was going through, but more importantly, you know, he had this peace about him. You know, he understood that the cancer was part of God's plan and that there was a, there was a much larger reason for it happening than just him. And, you know, that gave me a lot of peace. And so Tom and I actually started the mini church together. And we said, you know, there, there's something here. There's a need here in the community, and I think we can fill that need. So we got the mini church started um, back then. And since then, you know, it's grown. We're up to about eight people now.
1: And so I, I want to just uh, do a little clarification of terms, because the people who've been listening to this podcast hear me talking forever about microchurch. And in Hope Chapel, we, we always use the term mini church, which to us meant uh, we gather around and we we basically, we eat together, we hang out together, we love each other, we, we pray for each other, but we live life together because I think disciple making mm-hmm. is sharing life. But we use the word going back to the 70s and when I was still in Hermosa, mini church, uh, because we wanted to to make something more than a small group mm-hmm. or than a class it, it it is church it in fact to us it's the church, and what you do on Sundays is a convention of churches. but then I got involved with exponential and we started talking about micro church, which would be something outside of a church and uh, uh, autonomous a church uh, although related to a church usually into the covering of mm-hmm. a church, but it was confusing that and it still is confusing that, because micro seems smaller than mini and mm-hmm. um and so i always have to kind of clarify this but so when when you say mini church that's going to be the vernacular of hope chapel that's the thing that we always are that's our term but right. this thing has actually morphed into kind of a, a, a micro church. It's online, and it involves people who aren't all a part of Hope Chapel Honolulu. Is that correct? T- talk to us about That's that. That's
0: correct. Actually, only about half of us are at Hope Chapel Honolulu. And um, <clears throat> the others are at different churches, and we have one person, Kaloa, who actually logs in from Hilo. And uh, for a while, we had another guy who was logging in from L.A., but you know the time difference was just too too hard for him to handle so but you know so we are from different churches
1: mm-hmm. and
0: <clears throat> one of the things that we come come up with is uh you know a lot of them say you know what this is my church what one of them uh you know dane shinsato he he used to go to hope Chapel, honolulu and he says you know this is my church yeah. um and you know he he looks forward to it every tuesday And I think a lot of it has to do because we have this commonality of cancer. Um, You know, that's very personal. It's very traumatic. And so we open up to each other much more quickly than if it was just another small group. And, you know, so all the anxieties, all the fears, all the pain, physical pain, emotional pain, you know, that all comes out. And so you know we get this very meaningful relationship between all of us.
1: Uh, that that's exciting. you know I'm always uh, hammered on this because I think it's really, really important. there are uh, there are commonalities that define people groups. and when if we if we go back into the New Testament, we we go to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. when he says go into every nation he the term he uses ethne we've turned to to uh, associate it with your dna um, or the color of your skin or the color of your hair whatever but that's not really what the word meant the, the word would would apply to um, slaves you know had a commonality because they were slaves in the roman world it would apply to uh householders who were wealthier people who May have hired a bunch of or you know, owned a bunch of slaves and and mm-hmm. and a and a, and a whole bunch of people live together in the same compound. It would apply to uh maybe officers in, in the military. Uh one one of our mutual friends, uh Alex uh, Chapman was one of the commandants on the base in Kanye, right around the time that you came to the church. And uh he just retired. He he retired from mm-hmm. the military a few years ago. And kept his same desk as a civilian. He retired two days ago from that job. And oh, I, last time I talked to him was Tuesday. He was driving to Florida to get to the hurricane that was going on because his family's there, mm-hmm. and he is is planting a church there. But their goal is to plant a church adjacent to every military, every Marines Corps base in the world. Wherever there's Marines, they want to they want to plant a church. Uh, and he's, he's part of a larger church. the east coast it's doing this so this idea of 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 us getting out of our church buildings and into the community we all talk about that all the time but i think what we don't really see is the power of 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 what we're calling micro church and well i want to talk about that just a little bit more in a minute but that that we can reach into groups of people who are not going to be comfortable coming to the church that we lead on sunday but they're comfortable coming to another group. And it may be an online, you know, we're in, during COVID, there was so much resistance to zoom. People have Zoom Mm -hmm. fatigue and, you know, saying things like that. But the truth is uh, I lead a, a, what we're calling a digi church. Um, Most of the people are in Los Angeles. I'm in San Diego. For a while we had people in Texas, in Tennessee. There's a woman who's joining us now from Florida three hour time difference. One guy lives in Northern California and, 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 and we have a, a different kind of a commonality, but all of us uh, are, are we live in several worlds. We live in our church, but, but we have uh, our neighbors, we have our people in the workplace and we're seeing uh, little churches popping up in these places and it's bringing the gospel often through friendship. Cause I find People in America are very resistant to the gospel today. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to even argue about it. They just want to shut you down. But, but love and friendship and prayer get beyond that. And so I think it's an amazing thing that you're doing. And, and just I'm just hoping that people who are listening to this are kind of picking up on the uniqueness of the people group that you're reaching into. And uh, it's interesting because I know you mentioned Dane Shinsato. I know him. Mm -hmm. I I know him quite well. I Mm -hmm. I was with him a few months ago. I had no idea that he had struggled with uh, the cancer issue. And and it's thrilling to me just to know that, you know, that, that my friend's needs are being met the way they are.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.